Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, man, if you turn in your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter number 2, or you can direct your attention to the screens. Amen. I have a lot of verses today uh, that I'm hopeful we're going to get through. Um, We'll probably be pretty much taking the whole time today because I've got, I feel really uh, uh, strong about covering this subject and this subject just needs, uh, you know, extra verses. Amen. Um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Colossians 2, verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him, talking about Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So my lesson today is in the form of a question. Actually, my sermon is too, but we're going to wait for that one. My lesson is a form of a question, and that is, is Jesus in the Godhead or is the Godhead in Jesus? Is Jesus in the Godhead or is the Godhead in Jesus? Amen. And that question is very important as to understanding who Jesus is. It makes all the difference in the world how we answer that question. Because we need to know who Jesus is. It's very important. Not an ordinary man, not a magician, not a liar, not a lunatic, not some nice guy, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, he was who he said he was. And we need to understand who the Bible says he is. And... Uh, His place in the Godhead or His relationship to the Godhead uh, is very important. Now, the reason the answer to this question is so important is because of what Jesus says in John 17, 3. So read John 17, 3. Okay, so life eternal. He goes, this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. we got to know who God is and who Jesus is in relation to God because eternal life is involved in this. Very important. So first we must understand what the word Godhead means. Now it only appears three times in the Bible, all in the New Testament. The Bible definition of Godhead is divinity or divine, deity, God's nature. That's what the Godhead is. It's a Bible definition. Now the classic historical definition of the the Godhead is three separate and distinct persons of God Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that make up the Godhead. Okay, that's the classic or historical definition. Now, if you believe that classic or historical definition of the Godhead, then the answer to the question is that uh, Jesus is just one of three persons in the Godhead. Amen. But our text verse says, In Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, bodily. So the Bible says that Jesus is not in the Godhead, 
but he, all the fullness of the Godhead is in him. So both cannot be correct. Either one or the other is right. Using the Bible as our guide and our final authority, and we're not going to, like verse 8 in our text, we're not going to go by philosophy. We're not going to go by vain deceit. We're not going to go by the traditions of men and uh, the rudiments of the world. But I want to prove to you that the Godhead is in Jesus. Now, the Old Testament establishes that there's only one God, and He was alone and by Himself the whole time. Amen. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Please read that. So the Lord our God is one Lord. That's very important. And one means one, everybody. When you see the word one in the Bible, it means one. Not one cluster of a bunch of stuff is one. Amen. Amen. So read Isaiah 44, verse 24. Amen. So he said, I am the Lord makes all things. I stretch the heavens alone and I spread the earth by myself. Amen. So when Jesus said, you know, that all things were, when the Bible said all things were created by Jesus, and that the Holy Spirit was the one that recreated in chapter uh, one of, of a Genesis, what's going on there? He said, I was by myself and alone. That's why we have to understand that the Godhead was in Jesus, and the Godhead is the one God. Amen. Read Isaiah 44, verse number 8. Is there a God beside me? There is no God. I know not any. So he looked over here. Hey, any gods over there? He looked over there. Any gods over there? No. He looked around. It looks like I'm the only one by myself. Amen. So this one God who was invisible and indivisible, because he's one, he became a man, right, at some point. We understand that in the Bible for a specific purpose. So he could have a body that could be broken for our healing and could shed blood and have his sacrificial death for our forgiveness of our sins, that man had a dual nature that was fully God and fully man. Read Matthew 3, verse 17. When Jesus was baptized, remember the, the voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son. I'm not only pleased with him, I'm pleased to be in him. Amen. He's, he, he was in him. Praise God in a way that we, not in a way that we even understand. Now we can have the Holy Ghost living inside of us, but not like, you know, we, we, our father was a human being. Jesus' father was God. Amen. So that whole mystery of how God dwelt with man inside a man is very powerful, but that's what we're talking about here. Amen. So, so God was not only pleased with him, but pleased to dwell in him. Read John 10 verse 30. I am my father of one. Amen. We're, we're, we're one. We're, we're together, right? You know, you, when you, when you see me, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay. So Jesus was not a second person of God, but rather a different manifestation of God. And there's a huge difference between a person in the Godhead or a manifestation of God. And we'll talk about that in a second. Read John 14, verse 9 and 10. So Philip was one of his 12 apostles. And, uh, you know, because Jesus kept talking about the Father, the Father, the Father, the Father. And then finally, Philip just said, you know, Lord, if you would just show us the Father, we would just be satisfied because you keep talking about him. And we'd sure like to know what's going on and whatever. And then he said, you know, have I been so long time with you and have you not known me, 
And then Philip's scratching his head. I'm just asking about the Father. I know you. Okay, let's get to the Father. And, and he said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Why are you saying show us the Father? And then he said, notice in verse 10, he said, the, the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So the Father was in the Son. The Father wasn't the Son. We know that. The Father was in the Son. The Father is God. God was in the Son. Amen. The Father is another title for God. So all of the nature, all the characteristics, and all the power of God was in the Son. That's what the Godhead represents. The nature, characteristics, and power of God. Read 2 Corinthians 5.19. So God was in Christ. All the nature, characteristics, and power of God was in Christ. Amen. Colossians 1.15. So Jesus was the image of the invisible God. God was invisible and he wanted to make himself visible in the New Testament when he came and you know showed himself. Uh, that's why he said, you see me, you see the Father. I'm the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Amen. So, uh, and then he go, and Paul even said something along these lines. Read 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Amen. So you know, God gave the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. How? In the face of Jesus Christ. When you looked in the face of Jesus, you saw the glory of God. There's the Father. You could see it when He spoke, when devils trembled, when people rose from the dead, when He shushed the, the storm. Amen. When He fed the multitude with a boy, little boy's lunch, when He did all of His miracles, you were seeing the Father in action. You were seeing God the whole Godhead in action there. Amen. So J Jesus literally put a face on God. And when you saw Jesus, you saw God. Read 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. So there's just one God, everybody. Let's just get that all straight, right? There's just one God, and He became a man. That's where the second part of anything that would be a second, you know, there, 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 that's all there is to it. If you think there's one God who became a man, that's that's what it is, really. And that God's a spirit. That spirit, that spirit's called Father sometimes, and that spirit's called Holy Ghost sometimes, but he's a spirit. Amen. So God needed something to bridge the gap between him and mankind. After he tried all these things in the Old Testament and sent the prophets and all this stuff, he said, you know what, I'm going to have to come myself. So that bridge was the man that he became. Read, okay, I haven't, I gotta give out the next batch. Alright. Alright, so Virginia, 1st Timothy 3.16. 1st Timothy 3.16. And Stacy, Isaiah 9.6. Isaiah 9.6. And Daniel, Matthew 1.23. Matthew 1.23. And George, Isaiah 43, verse 10 and 11. Isaiah 43, verse 10 and 11. And Mandy, Matthew 1, 21. Megan, Luke 2, 11. And Micah 5, 2. All right. Anybody else want to read on this side? Okay, over here, we got Ralph, John 1, 1 through 3, and then skip to verse 14. So it's a total of four verses. John 1, 1 through 3, and verse 14 for Ralph. Linda, John 8, 58. Linda, Arnold, Hebrews 1.5, Hebrews 1.5, Arlene, Galatians 4.4, 4. Galatians 4.4 4 for Arlene, and 
Vanessa, John 5.18. John 5.18. And Mary, 1 John 5.7. 1 John 5.7. And Terry, 1 John 5.20. 1 John 5.20. Galatians 4.4. 4. Okay, that's almost all the verses. But there's actually just one more. And then there's some that I'm going to read that I didn't give you. So, it's good. When you're talking about God, you've got to have a lot of Bible. Amen. Because it's not philosophy and vain deceit. It's not me up here saying, well, this is what I think. You know, you know, nobody cares what I think. Well, I mean, I, you guys probably kind of think, but care what I think. But, but, you know, it's not just what I think. It's what the Bible says. So, I'm going to put, I'm going to stand right in front of the, of the Bible here. Just prop it up because it's all, it speaks for itself. All right. First Timothy 3.16. So the one God, he manifests himself in the flesh, right? He was justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, and then he died, rose again, received up into glory. Amen. So all of the nature and the characteristics and the power of God were manifest in human form. And a lot of insight can be gleaned from the titles or the names given to Jesus throughout the Bible. Beside his name, Jesus, there's other important titles that give us insight as to who he is. That he's not just in the Godhead, but the whole thing is in him. It's the way God designed it. Read Isaiah 9, verse 6, which we normally only read during Christmas time. But, you know, my wife likes Christmas in July, so we're going to read this one. Amen. So notice two of these titles, or, you know, his name shall be called. They were even referred to as names. The mighty God is going to be called over this child that was born and the everlasting father. Now that sounds like more than just one part of a Godhead. Amen. Read Matthew 1, 23. Amen. So Mary was the virgin who was going to be with child miraculously. She brought forth a son. And what are they going to call his name? Emmanuel, God with us. Now God, you could say, you could argue God was with them in the Old Testament in a way, you know, but not the way this way. This was a special situation. It was God with us in our, in the way we understand that was one of us. Amen. Even the name Jesus, which is what the angel told both Joseph and Mary to name the little boy, gives us a lot of insight into this subject of who, if Jesus and the Godhead or the Godhead and Jesus. Read Isaiah 43, verse 10 and 11. All right. Amen. Thank you. So, so we're to be witnesses of, of this wonderful truth. This is part of our witness, not just sharing the gospel to people, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and how they apply that to our lives, but who Jesus is. He said, you're my witnesses. You, you need to understand that I am He, not we are they. I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. And notice this, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Well, that's interesting, because we're going to fast forward to Matthew, and we're going to read about a little boy that was going to grow up and be a Savior, but he goes, no, no, I am and I am the Lord. I am the Lord, and beside me no Savior. Amen. And when you see the word LORD, all caps, in the Bible, especially King James, that's the word Yahweh or Yahweh, uh, Yehovah or Jehovah is pronounced uh, several different ways. But that word Jehovah 
is really like the Jewish national name of God. Yahweh, Yahashua, or Jehovah. They're all very interchangeable and about meaning the same thing. So the Lord, Jehovah, said, there's no Savior beside me. There's no God beside me. So either Jesus is coming in and muscling in on the territory and, you know, in the book of Matthew coming up here, or we understand that the Godhead, which is Jehovah, was in Jesus. Amen. The guy, the one that said, I am the Savior, and beside me there is no other. Amen. He was going to become the Savior by becoming a man. Amen. So Jehovah said there's, a, there's no Savior beside him. Read Matthew one twenty one. Amen. So remember, they didn't come up with the name Jesus. You know, like we all get by our little books of names and try to come up with names for our kids when we're expecting and all that stuff. No, the angel gave the name. That's important. Amen. And notice it said, you shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because his name is really what he is. He shall save his people from their sins. Read Luke 2, verse 11. Another Christmas verse, kind of. So so the... The, the little boy that was born, this day was the Savior, Christ the Lord. So the name Jesus really is of Hebrew origin. And it's the Hebrew equivalent, which is pronounced Yahashua. It is actually a compound word. Jesus is two words that are kind of abbreviated into one word. The J-E is short for Jehovah or L-O-R-D, you know, like in the Old Testament. The S-U-S is short for Yeshua, which means He will save. So Jesus literally means Jehovah Savior. Amen. So the Godhead is in Jesus. Because God couldn't save us like He wanted in spirit form. He had to come into a form where He could bleed and die to be the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Read Micah 5, verse 2. So the baby that was born in Bethlehem would be the ruler of Israel. But notice, he, he, he's just, he's, this is prophesied of his birth, but this little baby, he's just going to be a little baby born, like a helpless little baby in the, in the manger, in the little stable outside the inn in Bethlehem. But it said, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Man, that's powerful. How could a newborn baby have goings forth from old, from everlasting? Because God was his father and he preexisted his birth. Amen. But he did not pre, now note, note, now this is what you need to understand here. He did not preexist his birth as God the Son. Or the eternal son. Amen. That's very important. Because when we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent persons of God that have, 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 have been around forever in the past and forever in the future, that, that's not true. Amen. Read John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, and then skip to 14. Amen. So in the beginning was the word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning, wasn't the Son in there. He wasn't in there. It was the Word. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. 
Wait a minute, you're talking about the Word, everything was made by the Word and without Him? Wait a minute, I thought God, you know, said, I, well, I was alone and I made everything. Well, that's it's true because He was in the beginning. Amen. And that's what we have to understand. And then notice, and that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's when Jesus was born. He rose up and started His ministry. And we beheld His glory, glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word was in the beginning with God, not the Son. Amen. Uh, so the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, not the second person of the Godhead. So the second person of the Godhead didn't become flesh. God, amen, and His Word, which are inextricably, inextricably connected, amen, became flesh. Read John eight fifty eight. So Jesus, he, he there, that's a reference to the burning bush and the voice that spoke to Moses. Remember that? When Moses ran away from Egypt and he kind of forgot about everything, he became a shepherd. He was up there and he saw a bush burning and thought it was very curious and went up to see it. The bush told him, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground. And so God spoke from the bush. Amen. And, and he, when Moses said, well, you know, when God told him, I want you to go be the deliverer and let my people go and all that stuff. And he said, well, who, who should I say to Pharaoh sent me? Like, what's your name? So I can tell him what's my God's name. He said, I am that I am sent me, sent you. Amen. So when Jesus said before Abraham was, I am, he's saying, I was the voice of the one speaking out of the burning bush. Amen. Amen. I was the word coming from the voice speaking out of the burning bush. The Son didn't speak from the bush. The Word of God did. So there's no support in the Bible for the concept of an eternal Son. Amen. In fact, though you might have heard people say, even in some lyrics, you use the phrase, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Amen. You'll never see in the Bible the phrase, God the Son. Amen you'll see the phrase, the Son of God. Amen. Because God was in Christ. The, God was manifest in flesh. The Father in me, He doeth the works. The Son did not exist before Bethlehem. Amen. Didn't exist. For un Oh, I'm going to start to read your verse. <laughs> Getting all excited. Arnold, sorry about that. Hebrews 1.5. Sounds like uh, it was something that happened later. Sounds like something in the future. Amen. Especially when you know that this Hebrews 1.5 is a quote taken from Psalms chapter 2, verse 7. He said, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten. Oh, you, you, you were begotten on a day. And then he said, I will, because this is from Psalms, because Psalms was way before, you know, Bethlehem. He goes, I will, when he's born, whoa, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. Amen. In fact, I'm going to tell you, give you this, uh, this little tidbit, and you can check it out. In fact, any references to the Son of God in the Old Testament are prophetic, and they point to the future birth, the future life, the future miracles, the future teachings, the future sufferings, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Amen. It's not, you're not going to find a son uh, around in the Old Testament. 
You will see the phrase only begotten son many times in the Bible. Amen. But you know what the word begotten means? To procreate, to conceive, to bring forth, to be born. That means I had a beginning. Amen. But God has no beginning. You know, he, he was in the beginning. Amen. Before we even had a beginning. Praise God. Our beginning was Genesis, but his beginning was way before that. Who knows? So the son had a beginning on a particular day. The beginning was when he was born. Read Galatians 4, 4. Amen. When the time was come, it was, he was born in time like we are. God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. Now, why did Jesus call God his father? Because God was his literal father. That's like a revelation. I don't, I don't think so. That's not deep, right? Let's see. God was his father. So when he was born, he said, Dada. <laughs> Sounds pretty much like it all happens around here. Right? It's only natural. See, God performed the paternal act through his spirit and Mary conceived and brought forth the son. It's only natural he would refer to God as his father. Read John 5.18. So, you know, he broke the Sabbath by healing somebody. That ticked him off. And then because he called God his father, that ticked him off because that made him equal. He was making himself equal with God. <gasps> How dare he? Well, he happened to be, so he was okay to do it. So there are not three persons of God in the Godhead or what is more commonly referred to as a trinity, which is actually a non-biblical word. Okay? So, you know, we ought to stay away from non-biblical. I know the rapture, the rapture is a non-biblical word. Let's use catching a wave when you talk about that event. Okay, fine. But the Trinity is non-biblical uh, word, and the principle is a non-biblical principle. And the concept is a non-biblical concept. There are, however, three major manifestations of God in the Bible. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We, don't, we know that. We read about God manifests Himself as Father in creation, Father of the nation of Israel, and Father of the man Christ Jesus. God manifests Himself as Son in redemption and in salvation, and it was the primary purpose and mission of the Son to come to bleed and die for us. God manifests Himself as the Holy Ghost in regeneration and in the church. When the Spirit of God moves on or around people, he is ref God is referred to as the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. He's referred to as Father for certain applications, and the Holy Ghost, when, when somebody's filled, you're not, you don't you normally see in the Bible where it says you're filled with the Father. It says you're filled with the Holy Ghost. But it's the, really the same thing. It's one indivisible Spirit, sometimes called Father, sometimes called Holy Ghost. For example, when Mary became pregnant, now here's a few verses I didn't give out because I wasn't sure if we, we were going to run out of time, so I was going to like rapid fire. So so those of you taking notes, of course it's going to be on the podcast, uh, you can write this down. So for example, when Mary became pregnant with Jesus, the Bible said in Matthew 1.18, Mary was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And in verse number 20 of Matthew 1, it said that that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. 
Because it was the Holy Ghost that performed the paternal act that caused Mary to become pregnant. So if you follow the logic of the three separate and distinct persons of God in the Godhead and the Trinity, then there's a big problem you have. Because, now follow me with this. This is not a riddle, but it's just, you know, it's not like Sally on the seashore with the seashell, you know, kind of thing like that. But listen, listen how, this is the logic. If the third person of the Godhead fathered the second person of the Godhead, then why does the first, why does the second person of the Godhead call the first person of the Godhead father? Let me say it again without all the Godheads in there. Okay. Okay. So if the third person fathered the second person, why does the second person call the first person father? Father. And the Holy Ghost is going, woo, woo, woo. I did it. Over here. You say, well, that's, come on. That's what it's, when you rest, really what it's boiling down to. Amen. But it's very simple. The Father and the Holy Ghost are one and the same. It's the Spirit of God. Like I just told you, He's called different things depending on what, how He's manifesting Himself. You know, God is an indivisible and invisible Spirit, as I mentioned. There are not separate persons, but there are different manifestations. Let me give you an example. Everybody, everybody knows what H2O is. This is Sunday school, so we're in school. What's H2O? Water. Okay. So H2O is a scientific designation for water. Amen. On the periodic table or whatever. So H2O at room temperature is water. H2O at 32 degrees Fahrenheit or less is ice. H2O at 212 degrees Fahrenheit or more is steam. Amen. But it's all H2O. It's not like separate individual personalities and all. It's just one God who became one man and lived inside that man in a way that we can't even understand, but we're trying to understand it the best we can. All three are H2O and three different manifestations of it. Uh, read 1 John 5, verse 7. Amen. So the three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Oh, wait a minute. That's not what it says. The three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Why does it say that? It's throwing off all of our little deals here. Not our deals, but somebody's deals. Amen. It says that. Uh, and there's a reason for it. Because the Word predated the Son and was forever in the past with God. But the Son wasn't there. We already established that. Amen. The Son had a beginning for a particular purpose. We call it the Sonship. The sonship of God. Amen. That purpose was to come destroy the works of the devil. That purpose was to give us an example that we should follow his steps. That purpose, of course, was to have his body broken. Amen. And his blood shed and die for our sins. Amen. And he, and that purpose, all that purpose, the sonship still goes on while the church is on the earth and while we still need. Amen. Because he ever liveth to make intercession for us. 
Amen. So what God became, that man he became, and that grace that came because of it, and all that that sonship is operating while we need it, amen, is still going on until it all is not needed anymore. But when the Bible said when everything is all wrapped up and everybody is in eternity one way or another, amen, there will be no need for the operation and the and the office of the sonship. Amen. And if you'll read 1 Corinthians 15, I'm just going to throw this out, and I think I'm in the right, I didn't even have this on my notes. But 1 Corinthians 15, verses 24 through 28, I believe, talks about the sonship and how it will, how it will have an end sometime. And then the Bible says, you know what the Bible says? And that end of that, I think it's verse 28. And then it said, God will be all in all again. Amen. I know when we get to heaven, the Bible said in Revelation, we're going to see Jesus up there because he ascended up there. Amen. Now he's coming back. He's going to take care of some business when the Antichrist comes and all that stuff. But when we get up into heaven, it'll be God who's invisible. The glory of God will fill everything. There'll be one sitting on the throne whose name is Jesus, who is going to be forever the visible manifestation of God. Amen. Praise God. You know, the bottom line is, it takes a revelation from God to understand who God is and who Jesus is in relationship to God. Here's another verse I didn't give out. Re, uh, Matthew eleven twenty seven. It said, All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And I, I, I'm sorry, I probably didn't put these up too. Sorry about that. <laughs> Amen. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So nobody knows the Father but the Son. And nobody knows the Son but the Father. And he whom the Father, the Son will reveal. There's a revealing. Uh, Matthew 16, 17. Amen. And Matthew 16, 17 said, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen. When, when Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? He said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You're God in human form. And he said, blessed are you, Simon. You're nobody, you're, nobody's told you about, amen. I, re, my, my father in heaven revealed that to you. Amen. First Corinthians 12, three. First Corinthians 12, three. Praise God. Amen. It says, wherefore I give to you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And notice this, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, gives us understanding, amen, to really know when I say Jesus is Lord, I'm not saying, hey, Lord, glad you're part of one of three in the Godhead. No, when I say Jesus is Lord by the Holy Ghost, I'm saying that all of God, amen, you're the Lord of lords, and you're the King of kings, and all of God dwells in you. Amen. Read 1 John 5, 20. So the Son of God came to give us an understanding that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Who's the, who's the true God and eternal life? His Son, Jesus Christ. It's not taking... You say, well, you're taken away from the Father. No, you're not. 
You're not taken away from the Father. Yeah, you know, when Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all power after he rose from the dead is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go and teach and preach and baptize and all that stuff. Amen. He, he got it all. He passed the test. He did what he had to do. Amen. The, this is the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. So is Jesus in the Godhead or is it in the Godhead in Jesus? The Godhead's in Jesus. I have one more verse. Um, Colossians 1.19. Amen. And I'll just read that one. I'll tell you how happy God is about Jesus getting all the credit and all the glory. It looks like Jesus gets it all. That's because Jesus is really the name of God. Well, I thought it was only the little boy's name. No. The angel told him to give him that name. Amen. John 5.39. I have come in my Father's name. Amen. Or John 5.43. I've come in my Father's name. Amen. Hebrews 1.4 said... He has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than the angels. Praise God. He was given His name. Remember, His name is Jehovah Savior. Jesus. That gives all the glory to God. Colossians 1.19 For it pleased the Father. It pleased God. Amen. That in Him, Jesus, should all fullness dwell. So the undeniable, unequivocal answer to the question is, the Godhead is in Jesus. And that's why we baptize in Jesus' name. And that's why we pray in Jesus' name. And that's why we do all things in Jesus' name. Because that's the name of God. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.